Hey fans, viewers, and listeners, welcome to another exciting episode of Fight Inside Podcast. I'm your co-host for today, Rain Cruz, also known as Ringside Rain, ring announcer for Up Next Fighting. And with me, as always, is Timmy B. Before we get things started, please take a moment to follow and subscribe to Fight Inside Podcast to get the latest news and updates from us. Today, we will talk to the woman responsible for female MMA in the world today. We'll figure out how much Saudi money PFL needs to stay afloat, break down the USADA versus UFC feud, and a whole lot more. So, what are we waiting for? Tim, hit it! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fight Insight Podcast! I'm so excited today, Rain. I cannot tell you. Our guest today is the co-founder and president of Invicta Fighting Championships, the all-female organization that has led the way for women's mixed martial arts ever since they first opened their doors in 2012. Our guests have raved about this woman's impact on their per personal and professional lives and how her incredible, gracious, and selfless business practice has helped them succeed and become the best they could ever be in their field. TJ DeSantis, Joe Martinez, Alexa Culp, Olga Rubin, all being some of the latest on our podcast that have said those very things. Invicta FC 54 is coming up on October 27th in Boston at the Citizens House of Bo Blues Boston. Tickets can be purchased at InvictaFC.com or you can watch it on YouTube, Facebook, Access TV, Fight Network TV. Wherever you are, just go find it. She was inducted into the International Sports Hall of Fame in 2022, and it is an absolute honor to have her here today. Rain. Please welcome Shannon. That's so awesome. <laughs> wanted an introduction. Very cool. Hello. Thank you so much. That was awfully kind. Shannon, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. You know, good. it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be on the show and you know to meet you both finally. So yeah, yeah, thank you yeah. Thank you so much, Shannon. I greatly appreciate this. As we said before we started, like Invicta FC, I've been a huge fan from the very beginning. The, your background, for those only listening on audio, is all Invicta with the logo. Is that painted onto your room, or where? what is that going oh, on? Yeah, no. Is I was like, <laughs> I forgot about the background. Uh, no, actually, you know, it's just one of the, the templates, you know, that you can put in. So. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Well, we all need one of those Invicta backgrounds, because that logo is killer. Invicta's been doing it forever. Before we get started with the uh, podcast, what we'll do is we're going to play a little game with you, Shannon, to loosen you up and see how you are with some uh, Invicta-based knowledge. So, oh, Rain Lord. is going to... Yes. <laughs> yeah. Here we go, Rain. Question like number... I more than I remember, so... Oh, okay. You should be okay. You should be okay. Rain, take it away with question number one. All right. Question number one. Which Street Fighter character did former Invicta champ and UFC star Angela Hill once dressed as for weigh-ins? You know, I know exactly what she looked like with the hair, the bandana, but I have no idea what that character was. <laughs> to be honest with you. I know it's from Street Fighter and it goes, you know, in the sound it makes, but actual name, no clue. That's okay. That's close enough. It is Dalsim or Dalsim. Oh, and there she was. Yeah, I would never guess. Yep. There she was, all dressed up. 
Shannon, you've got an event coming up on October 27th. Are we going to get Halloween dress-ups for the weigh-ins? You know, I encourage the athletes, you know, because it is so close. If that's what, you know, they want to do, they are certainly welcome. But that's kind of been the practice ever since Invicta started is if an athlete wants to do that, you know, certainly I'm not someone that's going to tell them that, you know, not to be who they are. So we embrace it. And, you know, I've always enjoyed it. Yeah, some people come up with some crazy costumes. Roxanne Mataferi has always come up with some great ones. She gets her coaches to dress up with her. Uh, it. Yeah, it, yeah, it's been awesome, Shannon. Rain, question number two. All right, number two. What submission hold did Fight and Sight alumni Big Bag Olga Rubin pull off at Invicta FC 53? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. was it the Bulldog? Uh, I can't even think. Uh, you guys would have to ask that, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. I told you I forgive our stuff that I remember. That's, that's um, okay. Shannon, nobody knew what this move was. I, I'm well, watching I mean, I, I've heard it a million times now, and for some reason I cannot remember. Here it is. It is the buggy choke. Oh, the buggy choke. I said the bulldog, didn't I? Yeah, I knew it was. Yes, yes. So you're, you're very close. Great. Yeah, I was very like, close. I know I've heard this. But, you know, that actually was the first time, you know, because I worked on the male side of the sports for many years before I started Invicta. And that is the first time I've seen that choke, you yeah. know, in a, you know, in a fight competition like that. So, but yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> I was thinking bulldog. I was trying to think, what was it? You were very close. Very close. And I swear, I've never even seen that kind of move before. And then when we had Olga Rubin on the podcast, she says that she practices that all the time. Like that's one of her go-tos and it awesome. was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. And that, uh, I think that was put up as like submission of the year at a bunch yeah, of. Yeah, I can see that. That shows yeah. what crazy. Because then that brings so much highlight to Invicta FC as well, like around the world to say, like, wait a second, this submission came from Invicta. Very, very cool. So that was awesome. Yes. She's a very talented young, you know, individual. So, you know, I'm excited for her that, you know, people are, are taking notice of that skill set and that she's up for that award. Yeah, so, yeah. We're certainly going to support her. Of course, of course. Uh, Rain, question number three. All right, number three. Which professional MMA championship title belt looks the best? Mine. <laughs> That's answer. right. Of course, Shannon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Shannon, serious. look at those. <laughs> yeah, Shannon, I'm, I'm showing some of the titles on the screen here. And um, it's funny. I don't know if I did this or not, Shannon, but... People were asking, you know, things go around the internet and there was uh, a time when people kept saying, which title looks the best? And they did not have the Invicta title. And I was, I was writing on all of them. I said, Invicta FC has got the best looking title, hands down. Yeah. The dual yeah. color, the Phoenix, everything looks so beautiful. It's not gaudy. It looks professional. Yeah, it has crystals. You know, it's, it's just the right, you know, bling, you know, for, yeah, I yeah. have to I'm biased, of course, but <laughs> even if I wasn't, I think I would tell you the same thing. I mean, All after right. viewing those belts, you know, yeah. certainly I think it works for us. I think it's a, a great representation it's, of what it stands for and what an athlete would want. Yeah. You want something to be proud of, something that, you know. You can show off. And yeah. And I think, yeah. That, I think that it delivers in that regard. Yeah, so. it's a beautiful belt. And Shannon, once I started doing that, then all of a sudden I saw people asking the question and there was the Invicta title as one of the options. And I was like, yeah, nice. people need to keep that one in there. So I'm happy. It takes Rain us all to lift it up. It really does. It always there. has. So yeah, yeah, there thank you, you for that. 
No, it's awesome. Uh, Rain, question number four, last question. All right, final question. Where has Timmy B, and multiple times on this podcast and online, ranked Invicta when it comes to professional MMA organizations around the world? Number one. <laughs> number one. <laughs> number <laughs> Shannon, I, I honestly will say it's either number one or number two. Aww. But well, but you. but really, you know, because people always say, okay, UFC's number one. And then the the argument over number two comes up, you know, one yeah. FC, Bellator, one FC, PFL. And that's what people always say. And then I'm always quick to chime in and I say, mm, I think Invicta. Invicta has been around 11 years, putting on incredible shows. Is it 11 years? I think 11 years to 2012, yeah. right? Almost right. Putting on incredible shows has, has housed and, and you've seen the greatest women's mixed martial artists from around the world go there into this organization that has stuck around doing well. Like how proud are you that, you know, and I, and I've seen you quote it before, but saying that Invicta, the idea is that, um, hold on one second. Where did I put this here? Is that Invicta is um, breaking barriers and building legends. And how proud are you that Invicta has been able to do that for 11 years now? I think really that's what it's all about. You know, for me, it is. I mean, that's the whole reason, you know, I ever started Invicta that's the reason that I've embraced what we do and continue to push is because that, you know, these women are incredibly talented. They deserve someone to be in, you know, the trenches fighting that good fight for them. And, you know, it, it's just to see them do the things that they've done, you know, uh, accomplish the dreams, you know, um, have a path, set sights on that path and to, you know, have those great achievements and to be part of that process that my friend is the only reason I do what I do. So, and I can tell you if I had the wherewithal, the means, the successes that the UFC has in, you know, the reach and that dispo, I tell you, we would be number one because I think, you know, I think it's very important how you treat your athletes and, mm -hmm. you know, you want people to want to be where they're at and you want to help them fulfill those dreams because without them, we can't do it, you know? It just well, can't happen if you don't have those athletes. So I think it's really important to embrace that. Yeah, well, that's the thing, Shannon. Like I was saying before we started the podcast, like I've always been a big fan of Invicta, but I didn't know what a great person you were until we started having female fighters on this podcast. And like Alexa Culp, I think, was one of the first ones that, that commented on how fabulous you were and about how mm -hmm. you help people. You're not locking people into contracts. You're letting them go and pursue like other opportunities and what's best for them and giving them a place to shine. So, I mean, you know, uh, here's one <laughs> one quote, not from a fighter, but when they found out that you were coming on the podcast, I said, you know, what do you think about um, them? And Judge Mike Bell, referee Mike Bell, he, uh, a former guest of the podcast and a friend now I can say, uh, he says that Shannon Knapp is just an incredible and amazing promoter. The UFC wouldn't be where they are at in regards to women's MMA without her. Well, that's very yeah. kind, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very nice. So, yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll be honest with you, you know, I may not fight in the cage, but every day is still a fight for us to get to where we want to go. I still deal with it. You know, I still deal with, you know, you take meetings with sponsors and they're like, yeah, we support women's sports. And then, you you know, you talk about combat sports. And I'm like, well, we're not sure about that. You know, and I'm always like, OK, so then I'm going to understand this correctly. 
you support women's sports as long as you can pick the sport they compete in. So you're not really part of the solution. You're actually still part of that problem. You know, you're not supporting women in, in having the ability or the freedom to make that choice and be supported in that. So, yeah, it's, you know, and I call it the good fight because, you know, I feel what we do is when you fight for that acceptance or, you know, people to acknowledge that your sport, you know, and that women have this opportunity, then that, to me, that's the good fight. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's changed, but there are still many barriers that separate, you know, and you just keep going and knocking them down. So to hear yeah. good things, positive feedback, sometimes, you know, when you're in that fight, you don't really hear it or you don't see it as much. So thank you for yeah. that. No, Shannon, I, I, I mean, it was it was it was coming in from all over the place. I know that recently one FC had um, an event where they had four women's fights in their in the main event. Right. Like the oh, top wow. four fights were all yeah. women and they were promoting it or, or whatever was promoting it, saying one FC leading the charge for women's MMA. And then I would just comment Invicta FC says to hold my beer. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> are you guys, are you guys obviously forgetting? Like it's silly, but I mean, really like people need to remember like Invicta FC has been the one leading that charge, but Shannon, you've had fantastic stars come and go um, out of your organization. Come, some come back, right. See success like Angela Hill, right. Yeah. She, she went off to uh, UFC. Then after a little while came back, won the title, great, did a great run with you guys. And then back in the UFC, like, I love that. I love seeing the people do that and, and, and spread your praises. Uh, we had fans write in Shannon Knapp. Who's the next big thing. I know I've got my pick on the, on the Invicta roster, who I think is the next to like really hit it big, but who do you like, if you oh don't want to play two favorites, but if you have a couple or one, who do you think like people should really watch for in Invicta? I think there are a lot of young athletes that are coming up through the ranks. And I think there are athletes that have that experience in Invicta that are really finding their strides. You know, sometimes I find, you know, you talked about Angela Hill and you talk about, you know, she's in the UFC and then she comes back over here. Sometimes I find that what these athletes need is they just need to feel appreciated you know, feel that support to get, help them get back on track, get back in that groove. And I think sometimes I've seen some athletes that maybe were not being successful somewhere else and then they make it to Invicta and I'm like, whoa, where did, you know, where did this come from? But I think it comes down to sometimes like just how we treat them and things like that. And I'm going to tell you, if I mention one, then the thing is, <laughs> is I'm going to leave someone out. You know, and I always feel like it's like a mom saying that's, you know, my favorite kid. And all I talk about is that kid. You know, I don't want to do that to anyone. Yeah. I know that sounds crazy, but I have faith in them and I believe in what their abilities are or they wouldn't be here. You know, I'm very, very much involved with the matchmaking. I always have that. You know, it's something I, you know, I cannot take my fingers off of. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there are a lot of young athletes that are coming through. I mean, awesome. there's one I want to say, but just as soon as I say that athlete, then, you know. I know uh, that they're going to say, Shannon, yeah, what about so me? Yeah, so let you I will say, uh, and I, I, I may pronounce the first name, but but Hayani Dos Santos, she's your yes. Adamweight yeah. champion. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, that girl looks like a killer. She's got a very cool look on top of it. Very much. Yeah. 
very marketable, but she's a killer. I like her. Hayani Dos Santos, of course, our friend Olga Rubin. I like yeah. her. Um, and then another one, she's a girl that uh, I watched out in a female organization out in Calgary, uh, Lily Faheya. She fought yeah. for you a little yeah. while ago. She's a killer too. My goodness. Yeah. Those are those are people that I think that I'm watching out for, um, but I'm, I'm biased as well, Shannon. Anybody that comes on this podcast, they're a friend of the podcast. So, you know, yeah. I always promote them too. But yeah. but really those are those are some killers. For the, you know, for a title shot. So, yeah. 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 I mean, very, yeah, very there's cool. a lot of talented young athletes. You know, I think that there are a lot, you know, you didn't hit the one that I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's just so many. That's the thing is there are, and, yeah. you know, um, well-rounded and just, you know, I mean, I'm seeing a new group of young athletes coming through that you're just like, okay, you know, we'll bring them along, you know, because I always think here at Invicta, it's really important. I think that if you're going to be able to champion, you have to challenge them each time. You know, we never throw them in the deep end. That's not something that I'm interested in. Um, but each time you have to push them a little bit to challenge who they are. Let them get a feel for who they are, you know, where they're going and that kind of thing. I think those are the foundations that really build, you know, a an elite champion athlete. So yeah. and I see some athletes coming through that I'm like, whoa, <laughs> they're challenging me to challenge them. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, uh, you got to love it. Right. Yeah. Um, that, yeah hey, if, if that if that's your only problem, Shannon, then you've got no problems at all, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you know, and there's new talent uh, that you know I'm seeing and scouting every day. So which is great for the sport as a whole, you know, because yeah. we have these peaks and valleys with women for some reason, you know, mm -hmm. and I certainly can see the valley right now. Um, and sometimes when other promotions and stuff don't really pay attention to the matchmaking and building those divisions out you'll you know we see a lot of holes and then we tend to see the peaks and the valleys at that point but you know i think yeah. that um when, when i do see those lulls in the sport that's a great time for invicta to come in and you know and really start yeah. you know rebuilding and you know creating more depth in certain areas well, one, one thing, uh, this was not planned. I, I've got tons of questions to get to, but oh. one thing that I will say that you did very well was when you brought back the one night tournaments oh. and you did the, and you, you've done a couple in the last couple of years. That is fantastic. I feel because especially when your athletes are perhaps a little bit lesser known, a tournament gives me so much time to kind of get to know the individuals. You, you get to talk about them so often during that night. It's that's fantastic. I love that. If I have any one request from you, it's do more, do more one night tournaments. I love that. Yeah. I love the Phoenix series as well. You know, I think, um, you know, bringing it back and just that one night tournament, throwing the twist and the turns in, I think it just makes it more exciting. It modernizes, let's say, you know, um, the tournament. I'm an impatient person. If I have to wait for so many shows to see who's going to win, you know, the hype goes away, right? Yeah. If I'm all in, I'm all in. And, you know, and to see these women compete like that. And yeah, I think it's very exciting. It's fast paced. You know, I think it's a good show. So I yeah. agree with you. Yeah, I love it. I love that one night tournament. So let's do that. Uh, now, I want to get to it. Obviously, Invicta, very successful organization. I'm not going to ask you to share your secrets as to how you've done such an incredible job. But we're we're faced 
uh, in the mixed martial arts community right now with like Bellator potentially going bankrupt or who knows, maybe being up for sale. PFL seemingly living on Saudi money. <laughs> like, I don't know how much investors they have that just keep pumping money and that they can do this. And then you've got one FC that from my research is recording record losses year after year. So Shannon, I, I don't want to badmouth anyone, but what do any of those companies need to do to turn things around and then ultimately gain ground on their competition, which I guess is one of uh, UFC, uh, UFC. So like what, what do those organizations have to do? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I would say that PFL is setting probably in the best position because they're on ESPN. You know, I've been saying this for a while is that the UFC is building you know, PFL brand, you know, there are a lot of people that watch ESPN that are not familiar with, you know, they think every form of MMA is UFC. So what's happening is you're going to get those people at least that are going to tune in, you know, and, and so you're going to get that kind of that crossover people just kind of like, oh, they think it's UFC and watching, um, you know, it's just the way it works. I think that Unfortunately, and this is all just my opinion, okay? Yeah, yeah, of course. But my opinion, I think when Bellator let, not, I'm sure it wasn't intentionally, but when PFL took that step in and started to elevate, whether they're losing tons of money all the time or not, they're still set in the prime position to do something. Now, could they, will they, or are they? We don't know. But trust me, if I had that kind of money and I had that spot, I would move. You know, I'd be able to move and maneuver you know, and, and get a leg up somewhere, you know? So, um, so I apologize, Shannon, like being someone that's not in the business, I apologize just for our viewers and listeners to understand when you, when you're tied in with like ESPN, when you've got that TV deal, you're alluding that that just like, there's a lot of money there. Is that what the idea well, is? It doesn't even have to be money. It's, it's location, you know, on the broadcast, it's, mm. you know, notoriety. That's a, the sports channel. So I have to say to you, where does Bellator go? You know, I mean, in order to compete and be competitive, you have to make that money. And that money's normally coming from broadcast partnerships, you know, broadcast partnerships first, then, you know, you'll get into the sponsorships, the ticket revenues, all that other kind of stuff. But that deal of where you air is a huge piece of the puzzle, huge. So if you're, you're on a station that's airing the same, you know, the number one, you're bound to step into that number two, I would think, you know, as long as you can hold your own to some degree. And, you know, that affiliation of being on, I just don't know where does Bellator go that they get that same exposure, that same notoriety with the partnership, a broadcast partnership, you know? Um, uh, okay. Because everybody in America, think... if you're talking to somebody that's watching sports, where are they going? Right, right. So... In sports, right? Fox Sports a little, you know, but it's, yeah, majority is ESPN. So I, that's what I feel really hindered or hurt Bellator in this mix. And then you said that that's the prime spot and no pun intended, but 1FC has gone to Amazon Prime. Yeah. Do you feel that that is a smart move? Because I'll, spoiler alert, I think it's terrible. I don't, like, like Amazon Prime is such a... <laughs> Yeah. Um, Amazon Prime is such a weird um, like app. Uh, their streaming has been terrible. Like when I do watch the 1FC events, there's often audio lag and stuff like that that will yeah. kill kill it for me. 
But yeah. is that something like should Bellator be looking at Netflix? Like, is that like is a streaming platform a good idea? Well, I think it's not a bad idea, of course, you know, because I think we're a society of convenience and a lot of people are tending to, you know, move away from cable and broadcast and stuff like that. But I think you have to get in with someone that's also going to promote you. You know, if you're not seeing that promotion, promotional support, you're just something on a broad, you know, yeah. then yeah. somebody's going to spend the investment to promote it. So, I mean, Netflix right now currently doesn't have live sports. But could that be a win? Yes. I mean, is it ESPN or ESPN Plus for sports fans? Not really. But, you know, it's accessible and people could still tune in. So I really yeah. feel in my world, if I, you know, had the ESPN deal and I'm PFL, okay, I could make that work, <laughs> definitely make that work to my benefit to elevate, you know, my promotion. I mean, they, right. they have everything they need. They got the money. They got, you know, the, the broadcast partnership. If they fail, you know, it's not going to be because of those reasons. But it, it yeah. did leave Bellator in a position that it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to find, you know, the no revenue, problem. you know, that partnership and the things that they're going to need to move out around those guys again. But when you say they've got the money, that's what we're saying is like that Saudi money that apparently yeah. they're saying, right? These Saudi investors. Okay, so it's the they same always as seem the to come up with it. So yeah, but <laughs> they're always but raising more, you know. So they've they've got something going on. I mean, that's the same as Shatri, uh, who owns One FC. He he was on Ariel Show and he's talking about like, hey, my investors have got deep pockets. My investors have got deep pockets. But my question to you, Shannon, is. In your experience, can these organizations last well, I think long you have with just investor around. money? Well, I think you have to turn something around. Even investors with lots of money don't like to keep losing money. I mean, you yeah. have to you have to be building something, a projected something that makes them think that there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's, you know, a return on the investment, something. I mean, you can't just keep going. You know, there has to come a point. Um yeah. But they have everything that it takes to do something. You know, for me, that's what it's always about is, you know, having, you know, you've got a perfect broadcast partner. You may, maybe they're not even get paid. Let's say they even did a time buy. You know, with that placement, you ought to be able to make that work. You know, now you've got all this money that's coming in. You know, you just, I mean, if it doesn't and they can't solidify that spot to number two and really start to generate those revenues, then I would have to look at something else wrong in the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Um, I appreciate you being so open and honest too. And I don't know if you can answer this, but is, is there room for all these organizations in the market or is it too crowded? Like the thing is, is like when you have organizations around the world that are like smaller organizations, like cage warriors, yeah. um, Fight League Atlantic out in Atlantic Canada, Shannon. I just commentated a gig for them. Nice. Uh, when when you have organizations that aren't trying to be number one, that I feel like that's okay because they've got their little niche pockets. But when you've got PFL, Bellator, One FC all trying to be UFC, is that just too crowded? Is that going to be a problem? You know. Um... I mean, it, it can get that way. Yes, it can get that way. Certainly. Um, you know, I think that the shuffling is going on right now as we speak, you know, 
You've yeah. got Bellator that's sitting out there that is for sale and nobody knows what's really happening. Is it going to get sold? Is it, you know, going to disband and the athletes will move on to other, you know, nobody really knows the answer to that. One FC, you know, they've done what one show in America, they're talking about doing more, you know, um, could they, I don't know, you know, it just, but it's always pretty much the one and two, one and two spot is really yeah. what's the standout. The rest kind of fall, you know, down to the wayside just a little, you know, and continually strive to get their head yeah. above water to get up there to the the first yeah. two. But the real duking yeah. it out right now is those those three, you know, coming in for that PFL, which I feel like has kind of moved into that spot and solidified number two. And then yeah. you got, you know, so now you got Bellator and 1FC trying to figure out what are we going to do here? And that's it's, what it's, it gets rough. When you're number two, you're good. <laughs> but when you get down below number two, yeah, that's yeah. when, you know, it, it becomes a little more troublesome. It's interesting because, like, I guess it depends. Like, And, then, I mean, who who better to know the world of mixed martial arts than you, Shannon? But, like, it's weird when, when I talk to different people or different pockets or different groups of friends. PFL is, like, number four in a lot of people's minds. Like, for, like, the people that I talk to, they're like, well, it's either Bellator or 1FC and they're two and three, and then PFL is four. And then you get some hardcore people saying PFL is up there, but it's, I mean, it's a tight race, Shannon. It's I a know, tight it race. Really is. The only thing in my world that separates them is broadcast location. Yeah, see, so you're big on that. That's interesting. Well, I think it's really important. I mean, that's, you know, that's, if you're going to pull people in to watch, you're going to pull them from sports, right? I mean, majority of the people are, they're, you know, they don't just watch MMA they watch sports. So to me, that is, you know, just, I think it's just a big deal. You know, yeah. um, I've got to be honest with you. I haven't watched any of those shows for a really long time. But I did watch, uh, I did tune in and see Chris Cyborg for a little bit. Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. But hey, other than that, I couldn't tell you, honestly, I don't know. I maybe have watched one PFL. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So just being honest, it, for me, it comes down to that placement and just saying, and I'm just telling you, if Invicta was on that channel, we had the resources, we're moving, you know, we're not setting idle. And I mean, we're coming in to fight. Yeah. You know, so if I've got all those resources, I would be number two. Like I'd be, yeah. saying, you'd have to well, pry it out of my hands. So that's all I can tell you. <laughs> you know, where they sit and what they've got. They should be pounding on their chest for number two and look out. Here we come. Yeah. I mean, if they pound on their chest, they might damage their referee <laughs> cam that they glue onto their ref. <laughs> yeah, so they, gotta be careful. Gotta be careful. Uh, Shannon, for, for all the ESPN um, executives watching this podcast, as they should every week, go get Invicta on the schedule. Like, go get Invicta. That would at least, be, I, I mean, Shannon, to me, it's a no brainer if I'm an ESPN executive and I want to fill more time with MMA fights, why would I put an organization that seems so similar, but is not UFC? Yeah. I should go get Invicta who has a unique long standing product with brand appeal and brand recognition. And boom, Shannon, there we go. It's Invicta all the and way for me. I'm not going like, to argue with you. <laughs> I think yeah. it would be a really smart move as well. You know, and especially it, <laughs> if they support women's sports and things like that. I think there's no, it's a no brainer. Of course, yeah. I believe in my own, in my realm of the world, I believe that. But yeah, you of know, course. who knows? I mean, um, 
anything can change at any point in time. But yeah, just to answer and go back to that is just that PFL seems to be the organization sitting in the right spot to really, you know, solidify their placement, period. You know, yeah. are they yeah. going to give the UFC a run for their money in that time? I doubt it. You know, you're going to have to change a few things, but but can they be number two and, you know, and still be profitable and, you know, wreak some havoc in the sport? Of course, they've got all the resources. Now, yeah. if they can put them together, it could be a different story, but they've got what it takes to do it. Yeah. Until you book an Nganu fight and you pay him his promised $8 million, I don't know where they can possibly afford to pay that guy that if you're not running on a pay-per-view structure. I mean, it would yeah. have to be a pay-per-view event, but I mean... Eight million dollars for the one guy. Well, they, they do have really good support right now, you know, financial. And you guys gotta yeah. remember, there's a little bit of butting heads between Saudi Group and um, Ari, you know, with Endeavor. So, okay. you know, there is a little bit of you know tension, or you know, at least that's what I read. I don't really know that, <laughs> but you gotta think those guys want to cause a little trouble then, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, stir it up behind. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. Well, Shannon, you know. Yeah. And Shannon, um, I really do hope that we can have you back on the podcast one day because I know we're going a little bit long. I'm going to turn it to Rain to ask oh. you a, a final question. And then I have a final question as well. I, I'm, I'm so, I, I apologize for going a little bit long. Are you okay? Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. Yeah. No, no. You're right. good. Rain, a uh, question from you before I go to yeah. my last one. I am very curious. So, in a world of a, male dominated sport not just for athletes but for people who work you know within the combat sports world um have you gotten uh some reactions from people who are surprised when you tell them that you know you you promote fights because for me sometimes when i tell people yeah i'm a cage announcer and i get a look we're in like what because in their minds it's usually guys who do it right have you gotten some reactions like that as a promoter Oh, yeah. You know, they have that game show that's called Guess What You Do for a Living. People are always like, you've got to go on that. No one would ever guess what you do. But yeah, no, I get that a lot. Like, you know, a lot of people just look at me. I don't know what they think a fight promoter looks like or whatever. But yeah, I do get that a lot. I went from teaching Sunday school and doing this and that to now I tell people to fight. So go figure. <laughs> No, it's incredible. Uh, Rain, do you mind if I go to my last question? Yeah, go for it. Yeah? Okay. So, Shannon, this is a question we ask everybody on the podcast. We've been doing it for a while now, maybe the last, like, six months or so. We ask everybody this question, Shannon. It's a question that my mom used to ask me almost every day growing up as a child. So I'm going to ask it to you. Huh. Shannon Knapp, on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you? We're supposed to tell the truth? <laughs> no, just, <laughs> just, um yeah, you know, I mean, I'm half one to ten, right? I give it a seven. It's, it's 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 however you want to take it. Some people don't give us a number. Some people give us a philosophical answer. It's whatever you'd like to. However you'd maybe, like to answer. Maybe whatever it. you feel right I'm now. I'm gonna give you both, then, okay? <laughs> so okay. probably, you know, if I were to be genuinely honest, I'm a seven and eight. You know, could things always be better? Of course, but it all has to do with my glasses. I, you know, I'm extremely blessed extremely blessed. You know, I do what I love and I love what I do, you know? Um, but could it be easier? Sure. But would that be fun? I don't know. Probably not, you know? So I'm just going to say my glass is always half full and, you know, I'm grateful and thankful. Definitely That's grateful awesome. and thankful. 
So that's awesome. I'm so happy to hear it, Shannon. Um, it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure to have you on, Shannon. I, I really, I cannot sing your praises enough. People, like I know you you seem a little bit shocked that people are saying such great things about you, but I am I'm not. Just, it's just very kind. You know, it's, yeah, um, yeah it's just very kind. No, I'm not lying. I, yeah, I'm not lying at all. People come out of the woodwork to tell me how great. Um, to, when we had TJ DeSantis on, he was just like singing your praises as well, saying what huh. a great partnership you guys had as well. You know, Joe He's Martinez. For October 27th, by the way. Wait, Ooh. what do you mean? Yeah, I, I haven't told anybody, I guess. So I'm breaking news there. Uh, TJ will be working the October 27th show. So TJ, TJ DeSantis is back yes. commentating the October 27th yeah, show. TJ, Julie, and Megan um, Anderson. Oh my goodness. Wow. Shannon, that is a power group. I love them. Will Joe, Mar will Joe Martinez be there? Yes. And Joe. Yep. Joe Martinez is there. Not to leave Joe out, but yeah, and Joe. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Because I'll tell you, Shannon, that, that group, like Joe Martinez is the voice of Invicta. Like, he is the perfect voice. Rain and I both know him coincidentally. Uh, Joe is a fantastic dude, and I'm so happy for him to be on your shows. But TJ yeah, and TJ and Julie are such a great combo as well. I love Megan yeah. Anderson. Um, she's fantastic. I've been trying to get Megan Anderson on this podcast forever. She's such a nerd. She like she's got all cool nerdy stuff on her Instagram and everything. I feel like I could have a good conversation with her. Please let her know to reach out to me. Megan. I will for sure. Yeah, Megan's, sure. Megan seems like such a cool person. I'd love to have her on. She is. Yeah. But I'm very happy to hear that TJ will be back at the show yeah. because I do love him on the mic for Invicta. He's just, he's been the classic Invicta voice for so long. So that's great. Um, yeah. Shannon, that, that, that event that we're talking about is your debut in Boston. Oh, I had one fan question. I should just ask it. Okay. Will there be, will there be open scoring in Boston? I think no, no people didn't know. No, there yeah, won't. No, unfortunately, you know, um, we would have it wherever we can. And, you know, that's yeah. really up to the commissions, you know, if uh, they allow okay, okay. not in those states. Mm. So, but for us, uh, we love it, you know. So it yeah. just down, comes down to where we're at and if it's, we can implement it and, it, you know, things like that. Okay. So. Yeah, no, I think this was a fan that obviously knew about Invicta. You guys have yeah. open scoring normally, but it depends on the commission. So, okay, good answer there. And Shannon, before we let you go, is there anything that you'd like to say to the fans, viewers, and listeners of the podcast? No, you know, just thank you. You know, it's so important. It, like I said, it takes us all to continue down this road and continue to help these athletes and, and build a promotion that, you know, caters to the athletes. So I'm just grateful and thankful to the fans and media for the support that they give us. And, you know, Boston, here we come. So, you know, we're excited to be going to the East Coast. Um, yeah. It's, it's just an exciting time, you know, and hopefully we're working on some things that I hope we'll be able to talk about soon that could really make a difference, too. That's incredible, Shannon. Awesome. I'm so happy for you guys. Uh, if you're watching, if you're listening only on audio, Shannon Knapp is at Shan Knapp on Instagram. Go follow her there. And of course, follow Invicta FC on Instagram everywhere. Go follow them everywhere. Shannon, it's an absolute honor and pleasure to have you. I, I know I've said that before, but it really, really is. I, I can't believe I got to speak to you today. Thank you so much, Shannon. I hope to see you again one day and uh, all the best at your next event. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks, Shannon. Thank Take you, care. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. That is Shannon Knapp. Oh I can't God. believe it. It's so it's I didn't, so good I didn't, to talk to her. 
And like, I feel like I learned so much about the business from her. The TV deal is that big? Um, I like, yeah, like, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, it's like, she's definitely right. It's like, you know, um, like people tune into ESPN for sports, right? And yeah. sometimes they, it's just kind of like ingrained in people's, you know, minds. Oh, sports, ESPN. So they just tune in there. Whatever ESPN is showing, they're going to watch it. I didn't I know, realize but, I know, that. but what does watching, but so what does watching mean though? I guess what watching means is then when you get the numbers of the viewers and you can go to your sponsors and say, Hey, look, we've got a million people watching. So, Hey, Budweiser, pay me money or Hey, yeah. you know, whatever. And that's, that's the thing. It's like watching could mean a lot of things. There's people who like sit, you know, sit down and watch, you know, you know, whatever channel they want to watch, right? Um, yesterday, um, when I went to a concert, I was walking around the uh, hotel area and they just had a bunch of screens on because I passed by the casino and it's showing a bunch of different sports. So right. is, is that considered watching? You know, it, yeah, it's just know. up there, you know? I but know. the fact that it's up there, right? It's on TV screens any, for anyone to see can pull someone's attention and be like, oh, what is that? Oh, okay. Yeah, it kind of, you know. <laughs> I'm so I'm so confused about the business. In all uh, honesty, I'm so confused over like what actually generates money. Like, like I just don't understand. Like, so I guess if the ESPN deal is huge because it's going to get you the viewers, it's going to get you on the spots, it's going to get you noticed. It it has to mean the money, but she was saying there's an option where you could just buy time. Like, wouldn't that mm. be crazy if we find out that PFL has bought the time, time. on ESPN? Time, like, yeah. That would be crazy if yeah. they bought the time with their Saudi money, yeah. right? But then you're just going to say, okay, but then investors or, or not investors, but I, well, I guess maybe investors come because they see you more and then I guess sponsors will pay, but I don't know. It's still confusing to me. It, it's still very confusing to me because Invicta has seemed to run for 11 years. I, I pray that they continue to be successful and continue forever indefinitely because I love that organization. But like they, well, I guess now they're on Access TV and Fight Network. So there you go. I don't know. To me, being on Fight Network might be better than ESPN because fight fans are going to Fight Network. Fine. Okay. okay. If it's on ESPN, yeah, I don't know. I she don't did know. bring up a great point, though, because to me, it's like I didn't know about PFL until I saw it on ESPN. Because to me, it's like I just have it up. Yeah, but then like, even you know, after, okay, but then even after you see it, what does that mean? True. But for someone who's like, you know, probably has seen it for the first time and be like, oh, there's other MMA show aside from <laughs> UFC. Oh, let me check this out. You know? Yeah. Um, when we have her back on again, we'll ask for like a more economical breakdown and maybe a lesson to teach us how to run this <laughs> business. I just don't know. Like, I don't know. But I, it's... I feel like the hopes of buying, let's, let's just say PFL bought the airtime, right? Let's just say that's what they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think the hope is they buy the airtime, they show PFL, they get the sponsorships. Like, cause like they, you know, yeah. buying the airtime means you have, you're taking a chance for eyeballs to see your programming. Yeah. And once um, a lot of people see it, you know, and they feel like, Oh my God, we're, you know, we're really getting the numbers that we want. Then there goes the uh, possibility of sponsorships, which means money. That's huge. The sponsors has to be huge money, right? Yeah. 
Commer- like sure. commercials and blah, blah, blah. Right. That has to be big. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, that, that's, I, that I feel like is, you know, how these shows generate money, like getting all the sponsorships, yeah, you know, obviously yeah. investors play a big role, but I feel like the sponsorship is the one that, you know, really helps them out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, okay. She's gone now. Hopefully she doesn't watch this far into the podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but she did only say she only watched one time PFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a great product. I really feel like the other organizations put on a better show. I mean, like she overall. probably want to check it out. No, 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 no. No, I'm saying, no, I'm saying like she's saying all that now. But if you really sit oh. there and watch it, I don't know. To me as a fight fan, like I feel like if my wife, we've talked before about how my wife will walk in and see me watching you know, certain things and go turn that off. Like even as a, as a fair weather fan, my wife can identify when the production value is good or bad. Right. And I think I'm, you know, who cares? I'm going to say when I was watching PFO one time and she walked by, she's like, get that off here. Like, <laughs> just, it just doesn't look right. You know, but Bellator, she never says anything. Invicta, she never says anything either. But I think she may love Invicta because Joe Martinez is on there and she loves Joe as well. So she likes mm-hmm. hearing Joe's voice and stuff like that. So um, I got to get Joe back on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, my I should, God. Yeah, I should get Joe back on. Um, I didn't also didn't want to say to her that if, you know, if a commentator falls sick or a ring announcer falls sick, you and I are you know, <laughs> just a quick phone call the away. Shameless right? plug right there. Yeah, I didn't want to do I it. I'm still her... listening, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> if you are listening, Shannon. Uh, if you're here watching, viewing, uh, listening because of Shannon Neff, thank you so much. Uh, that's honestly very cool that she came. And thank you for watching. Um, we are in episode 141, I think. So we are far into this thing. Please follow and subscribe to us on all our, our channels. You know, leave some comments, leave some likes, leave some reviews. We really appreciate it. Rain, we had some very lovely people reach out. In the last week, I've had quite a few people reaching out that did not know who we were at all somehow stumble upon us and have been leaving very nice comments and sending me nice messages. So I thought that was very nice. So thank Aww. you to those people. Um, friends of the podcast update rain. I realize I miss people all the time. Now we've, we've interviewed far so too many, many people. friends of the podcast. Now <laughs> it's so many friends of the podcast. It's very hard to keep track. Um, so it, it's very hard, but I do want to say super Sadiq Yusuf fought the main event last week at UFC. I did not mention that he was going to be doing that. I honestly, I wasn't even keeping track. He's a friend of the podcast. He lost a decision to Barboza, but he performed incredibly well. Dude is a monster. And um, to fight Barboza, uh, you have to be insane. Like to take those spinning kicks. Did you watch the main event? Did you see it? Sadiq, I, I guess. I didn't get to see it. Oh. I watched the first part of it. I didn't get to oh. finish it. Jeez Louise, like the whole time you're like cringing, thinking like Edson's going to throw another spinning kick to the dome. And of course he does it and wobbles Sadiq. Like it's just gross. Like he throws these spinning kicks with his heel and they always connect like, and it's gross. But anyway, Sadiq survived, almost finished him in the first, but uh, Super Sadiq, we love you, man. And uh, we're excited to see you back again. So Sadiq, let's do this. Uh, Rain, next week on the podcast, I do not know who's coming on. I have many possibilities, uh-huh. but I have not locked anything down yet. I have two UFC fighters, but they're both traveling. Actually, both of them both back to England, which is 
weird, but uh, both of them are in England and it's just kind of hard to kind of lock everything down. I've got another young fighter in Canada who's fighting this weekend and then she's fighting later. So I'm trying to figure everything out, but next weekend we'll have somebody. So come on over. We'll get somebody on the podcast. Rain, actually, you gave me a guy that you said. You oh, yeah. Um, Diani Vasquez. So mm. hopefully at some point we can bring him in to our yeah. show. I met him at the uh, last uh, UNF uh, show that I worked at. Okay. And um, really great guy. And you know, he won the uh, championship that night. Um, and I remember, and actually we have a picture, but then you can't see him in the picture because the focus is on me. Uh, <laughs> as it should be, as it should be. I didn't pay the photographer. It just so happened the shot was focused mm -hmm. on me. I'm sorry, yeah. Johnny. Um, but anyway, I think it was the moment where I was announcing him. And this is the first time that someone like walked up to me and you know, I think he he really felt the energy and the vibe of me announcing him. So he walked up to me. So I walked up to him, and you know, he had his like up. hand up. And well, I well, I wasn't sure if he wanted to do like a fist pump, right? And I just held my hand up, and I think we we're both like just like not sure. So it was kind of like <laughs> right there, but we didn't really meet. <laughs> okay, okay. But I knew that's cool. We locked eyes, and I was just like announcing him, and he's just like nodding at me, and I was like nodding what? at him, and I was like, yeah, dude, I got. Got you man i got you nice I, mean, nice I mean that's how i am with every fighter you know yeah yeah, yeah. I just want him to feel like you know what i respect you for being here for all the training that you've done and now you're here i'm gonna give you your flowers and that's... i think you really appreciated that so rain i am so happy to hear that i gotta see that and when that comes out on video make sure you send <laughs> that to me because i want to see because i remember one of the first times when we were talking i said to you has anyone ever come up and mm -hmm. fist bump you at the time so there that dude was the first I mean, that was really close. I think there was like a thought we wanted to do it. And I think we were yeah. both not sure. Are we like yeah, doing yeah, yeah. this? And yeah. to me, I didn't want to like, you know, do the fist bump. And then like, he kind of moves his like fist and oh. it's going to be like, ah. Oh. So embarrassing. <laughs> so I'm just like waiting. <laughs> if you want to do it, hey, I'm right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's, yeah. Now you're both like not sure. You both don't want to get left hanging. We're both being polite, I think. All right, all right. That's funny. Um, well, yeah, sure. We've got to get this dude on. What, uh, amateur or pro? A pro. Oh, pro champion. Oh, well, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, then we'll make room for Mr. Pro champion, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, very cool. So anyways, we'll figure stuff out, but we've got lots of people kind of lined up for the show. It's just, I got to figure out who's next week, um, but I'll figure that out. Uh, we have one main, main topic that I wanted to talk about today. And it's more like, uh, again, kind of like educational to yeah. kind of go through this thing and figure this out. But it is the um, USADA drama, right? So bye-bye USADA. And so last week, I suddenly start seeing on my Instagram all these things about Dana White calling USADA dirty scumbags. Mm -hmm. And like there's all these, you know, and you know how Instagram is. Everybody just copies the same <laughs> crap. So I just keep seeing the same quote posted by everybody with a different picture of Dana White. And I was like, what the hell is going on? So I've done a little bit of research. I know I sent you some articles uh, to kind of take a look and see what you thought, but we're going to kind of go through this and then see where both our heads are at. Um, I've got lots of pictures and stuff to kind of go along and see how this goes. But so you see the things with Dana White calling USADA scumbags. Mm. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? So I go and I find the USADA 
press release that they release. And so I'm going to put up a few parts here and there. And if you're not watching on video, I will read these out. But so the press release and, and parts of it, the press release goes on to say from USADA, we can confirm that Conor McGregor has re-entered the USADA testing pool as of Sunday, October 8th. We've been clear and firm with UFC that there should be no exception given by the UFC for McGregor to fight until he has returned two negative tests and been in the pool for six months, which we know is the thing, right? The rules also allow USADA to keep someone in the testing pool longer before competing based on their declarations upon entry into the pool, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, I don't really see anything wrong with that statement mm. per se. And then it kind of goes on. Unfortunately, we do not know whether the UFC will ultimately honor the six month or longer requirement because as of January 1st, 2024, USADA is no longer involved in the UFC anti-doping program. Despite a positive and productive meeting about a contract renewal in May, the UFC did an about face and informed USADA on Monday, October 9th, that it was going in a different direction. Mm, anything bad yet? Not so far. Oh. No? Yeah, like, I don't really see anything too bad here. Like, I don't get what I'm supposed to take as being a dirty scumbag. Aside from maybe saying that your partnership ends in January. But, uh, okay, then we keep going and it says, the relationship between USADA and UFC became untenable given the statements made by UFC leaders and others questioning USADA's principled stance that McGregor not be allowed to fight without being in the testing pool for at least six months. One UFC commentator, I'm assuming Joe Rogan, but I don't know, echoed this, recently declaring that USADA should not oversee the program since we held firm to the six-month rule involving McGregor and since we do not allow fighters without an approved medical basis to use performance-enhancing drugs like blah, 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 to heal and get ready for the octagon. Blah, blah, blah. So in that part of the statement, are you seeing any reason that they should be getting mad now? Like, which which they are talking about, U UFC or? Like why UFC is mad? Um, You know, I don't know if this is in, this is kind of like related to UFC's recent partnership, you know, and like now there's like different decision makers in a company, right? So I don't know if, um, all of a sudden there's like somebody else or other people making decisions. And now they think that, you know, UFC needs to go to a, to a different direction in terms of like, you know, they the testings being done. Okay. Um, so maybe that's why they just have to end the partnership, you know, just like that. Cause they've been like, in, you know, what they've yeah. been like working together for what, like for, Eight years, I think, or it's been a long time. Yeah, a long time, right? Yeah. I mean, this part of the statement, obviously, kind. I think this is where they kind of get mad because it kind of seems like Usada is implying that UFC wanted some exceptions to be made for Connor. Yeah, and then um, so maybe that kind of goes back to someone else now is like making the call for UFC. Right. So, and when you're saying this, you mean like their ownership with Endeavor yeah. and blah, 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 right? That yeah. someone's saying like, yo, you better get our cash cow back out fighting because we need some money. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So that kind of seems like maybe that's where they're taking it because then I read some other stuff and just for, for, for 
notion's sake or for, I don't know, credit's sake, whatever. The, generally where I'm getting all this information is one is from ESPN.com. There's a, there's a statement there. Uh, there's an article there on ESPN.com. It's titled, USADA stands by initial statement as UFC vows legal action, in case you're looking for it. And then another article I'm going to be quoting and looking at is from Bloody Elbow, which is that organization that screwed over Jared Gordon that we talked about <laughs> the other day. Uh, I was on Bloody Elbow, and there's an article called USADA on UFC split, colon, blah, blah, blah. But So if you want to look, you can look there. But this is where I'm getting these statements. And then, of course, the official USADA statement that I found online. So... I think that's generally where it looks like it's bad because obviously it looks like they're kind of insinuating that UFC wanted some leniency or exceptions to be placed on yeah. Connor to come back and fight. Right now, mind you, we interviewed uh, Max Payne Griffin on this podcast mm. who was out with surgery and whatever, and was still in USADA and all that. The fact that Connor removes himself from the testing pool while he's injured and recovering is weird like why like like then what was he taking that was so crazy during his recovery period that he couldn't be with USADA mm -hmm. there is a question that people have to ask right you got to be like well why would he remove himself if like who cares they should come in like yeah we know your legs busted and broken so yeah I know you're on a bunch of medications yeah I know then you can't compete but you're not going to compete anyways but to remove yourself Max Payne Griffin did not remove himself when he had his broken arm, right? Or whatever it was that was broken, right? And I don't think other fighters always do. We can ask other fighters as they come on. Um, one funny thing is last week we talked about when we were talking about BJJ, I told you about uh, Gordon Ryan. Mm -hmm. And I said he looks like Big Papa Pump. Mm -hmm. He's okay. I didn't say this at the time with justice on the podcast because I didn't know if it was rude or like allegedly blah, blah, blah. And I didn't want to get anyone in trouble. But Gordon Ryan, when he hears this news about USADA and USC being done, you can find parts now where he's going, yeah, we should all take steroids, man. And he's like, in BJJ, there's no uh, performance-enhancing drug testing, and so you can kind of take whatever you want. Why not do it? So essentially, the guy's saying he's on it. Here's a picture of him to see this natural body in action. So natural. <laughs> His veins have veins. Like, that's how, like... <laughs> juiced and whatever this guy is i mean this guy's crazy rain but so when i when we were talking last week with justice i was like uh you know well you know a guy like that and i wasn't kind of saying anything but now i read these articles where he's essentially admitting like yeah i'm taking a bunch of crap because bjj doesn't test you for this like, oh okay anyways that's not the case though that ufc is just going gangbuster like mm -hmm. everybody everybody get on your drugs let's go uh, because then there's this on um, X, Aaron Bronstetter. I think he's a, I don't know, I follow this guy. I think he's like a ESPN guy or a TSN guy. He's, he's some sort of like guy with a sports something. So he tweets out Nowitzki, which is the UFC drug guy. Nowitzki says that Drug Free Sports International will be tasked with sample collection as they have been for the NBA, NFL, NHL, WNBA, NASCAR, and many other pro sports. And then he goes on to say, Nowitzki says that Drug Free Sports International, henceforth we'll call it DFSI, okay, is a perfect fit with the UFC because of how experienced they are with sample collection. I mean, was collecting samples the problem here? <laughs> like, <laughs> 
Like we talk to now, fighters all the time. They're like, yo, these people show up at my door all the time. They they take my pee and they go. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not hard. So maybe now it comes down to what kind of samples, um, you know, does UFC want to get tested? Wait, what do you mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, what kind of, what, what, what tests do they want um, to be done? Right. Who, for you, mean, you mean who, you mean who they're going to test or like, what are they going to test for? Not just who and what it, yeah. What are they going to test it for? We test right? it for all the drugs. We, well, know. in our minds. Yeah. But like so so okay and to be fair Rain, this podcast is going to go a little bit long because we're already at the hour now yeah but we're not done you're okay for a yeah, little bit I'm fine. yeah okay okay so right because like if you think about it like maybe based on that tweet right um and you you also pointed it out that you know it's just all about collecting samples and doing drug yeah. tests and all that so what's like the difference between usada now and then the dfsi right if they're both doing the same thing yeah. And you've been with USADA for many years. All of a sudden, you're going to go with this, this company that's also doing the same thing. Yeah. So with no real understanding of what's really greatly different now, shoot, if I could find it, there was something. I saw some tweet where they talked about the things that they will that they can do. I'll never find it now. But um, so <laughs> USADA puts out the statement saying, blah 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 oh you could look it up quickly if you if you're on a computer you can look up what does dfsi do differently or what will they do for ufc i saw like it was a black picture and it highlighted some things anyways um so usada puts out that statement which says hey we're no longer to be with them good luck with connor we hope that he gets tested but we have no idea dana white comes out you sons of bitches and he like blasts them and calls them dirty scumbag moves and whatever whatever and then, uh, then USADA, uh, sorry, then USADA, and the, it's the president of USADA that is releasing this stuff, right? His name is Travis Tigart. Mm -hmm. We tried to reach out to him for comment. We tried to reach out to him before this blew up even worse. Mm -hmm. Now this dude, guaranteed, will never talk to us because he's probably in hiding for his life. <laughs> but, <laughs> but... Travis Tiger, he's the USADA CEO. He then speaks to ESPN after the Dana White explosion. And they talk about that they're going to sue him for defamation. They're going to blah, 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 right? They're going after him legally and all that crap. Uh, then he goes on ESPN. And this is between a few things here, but I'm going to put up. Here's what kind of the USADA response kind of is. Travis Tigart says, our insistence and public insistence that the six-month rule apply to all athletes, including Connor." be in place that clearly upset them and that's what led to mm -hmm. the about face that they did from may so now he's putting this out there mm -hmm. and then it says dfsi for example tiger says uh stating the kind of comp stating the kind of company that's quote willing to run any kind of program whether it has credibility or not end mm -hmm. quote and then they'll probably try to subcontract out with a laboratory. And then UFC will handle all the results, will be my guess. So they'll bring it in-house and control every aspect to it. Who's tested? What's it tested for? At what times they're tested? Send out collectors to go test it. I don't know, but that's my prediction. So there's Travis Tigart kind of saying exactly what you're kind of just saying there. Which is now, it looks like UFC kind of wants to have more control over this. Yeah which is not the whole point of having an independent third-party drug testing company. 
Yeah. And again, like, I don't know if this is like just the UFC making the decision, right? And it could be or because, the other, or the whole yeah, thing. it could be because like now they're part of like a, you know, bigger company and there's different decision makers now calling the shots. So, um, you know, maybe the decision makers now want like a different kind of like testing, um, you know, different kind of like testing program. And it's not something that USADA offers or, um, you know, would be willing to do. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's why they had to end their partnership. And now it kind of just ended like ugly, I guess. Yeah, which is really weird because you think if you're USADA, like you have a job to do with other companies. Mm -hmm. So the way that UFC responds and starts blasting, you can't be good for your public image. And if you're yeah. going to like be, because you're going to be going to lobby with like, you know, FIFA or something and go, hey, we'd like to do your drug testing for soccer. And they'd be like, aren't you the guys that Dana White just said are a bunch of scumbags? Like it can't yeah. be good for them that that happened. Or it makes UFC look really bad. I I think for um, Dana White to say that, I think he just doesn't want to come off, or at least he doesn't want UFC to come off as um, they're playing favorites on like athletes and the way they test athletes. I think that's why he kind of like, you know, he was on like the defense mode, right? Yeah. Because um, I think this could have been just done easily we're in uh, and our partnership that's it ufc is now gonna go with a different um testing program through dfsi usada will part ways with ufc and then we'll you know they'll be doing drug tests elsewhere yeah i mean that's seemingly what it would be but the way it all went down i guess like with ufc taking seemingly a lot of offense to the way it came out mm -hmm. and the implication that they were trying to get connor some like, like perks, a, pass. <laughs> a pass or perks or yeah. whatever but it does seem weird that like that they're doing this and so yeah like dana white was quoted as saying let me start with this it wasn't an announcement it was a dirty move by them that was no announcement that was straight up scumbagism Mm. Then they then they hire this guy George Pirro to head the new drug testing program, who's like an ex FBI guy. But like, it it just seems weird, like the way that everything goes down. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, so it's interesting, but it's like it's good for people to know that like how everything played out. That's why I just wanted to talk about it on the podcast to go like, well, that's, that's kind of what happened because you only see the stupid one quote that everybody mm -hmm. shares. And then you see the one Dana white quote. And I don't know that people like ever look into it or know to look into it or whatever, but just to educate yourself on this whole process. But what is funny is, is Travis Tigert's uh, assumption that now with this new program, the UFC can kind of control a little bit more who's yeah. getting tested or whatever, that it may not be as independent. Like that's what he's kind of saying. So I don't know. And, 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 and I think, I don't know if that's like kind of like his assumption too. Cause like yeah. you also have like a thing, a strict policy where, and you know what, I don't care if, you know, 
you're just starting out as a UFC fighter or you've paid your dues and making like millions of dollars as a fighter, you're going to get tested, right? That could be like a strict policy of the UFC too. Um, yeah. Who knows, you know? Well, that's what it was, you know, because it's, it's funny. Like, it's like, it's kind of like a boyfriend, girlfriend thing, right? Everything starts out all hunky dory, you know, like at the beginning, UFC and USAD are in love and they're, you know, you know, fresh love, new love. And they're like, you guys are wonderful. No, no, you're wonderful. Oh, we're going to make yeah, this sport yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. You know, USADA is the greatest. They're the gold standard. Like, I'm sure you could pull clips of like where they were just singing USADA's praises. Yeah. And and to be honest, we've never really seen like problems with USADA. Like, I don't know. People were saying like, oh, there's a lot of false negatives and stuff like that. And then I saw one athlete comment said, uh, you know, USADA catches more fake tests than they do actual cheaters. Mm. But it's like, but that's the nature of the game, right? Like, wouldn't you rather them? I don't know. I mean, you'd rather them catch too many than too few, maybe. But, you know, not to the detriment of someone and stuff like that, as long as it all gets cleared up. But I don't know. We've never heard that collection was a problem. We've never heard that, like, that they weren't doing their job and ca not catching people that need to be caught. So it seems like they were kind of doing their job, but now they're going to this new DFSI and then we'll, I guess we'll see what, um, like where that leads to. I mean, I guess I could investigate into DFSI and see who they are and what they do. But, mm. uh, and I wish I had saved that other uh, thing that said what they were going to do different. But I remember when I was reading it, I was like, it's all the same shit that USADA does, right? Like, I mean, and what you're not, nobody's saying they're going to change the program for better. It seems like they're just going to do the same thing. You just need a guy thing. to do the same thing. Yeah, so. so it might be just like a partnership that like went bad, you know, internally. Bad you know? boyfriend, girlfriend, right? Yeah. A breakup happens and now they're both <laughs> blaming each other, you know, and you, and UFC's got a new girlfriend already. Yeah. And, uh, and, and old girlfriend's kind of like, this guy sucks. Because so. like if you think about it, um, you know, UFC is going to use the same, um, you know, place that, does a drug testing for um, other pro sports. So it's not like they found like a random like drug testing facility that no one knows about. No, but I don't, I don't know who knows. <laughs> and like, and like, if you were going to like, you know, pay someone off to do something or blah, 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 you'll do it with whoever anyways. Mm. And who are we really concerned? We're only concerned with Conor McGregor. That's the only guy that this even matters because everyone else seems okay. Like everyone else seems like they, you know, do their thing and get caught or not get caught. And then away you go. So I don't know. Seems, seems like kind of nonsensical, but it just seems like this is all blown up. Yeah. Um, a little crazily. In my opinion, I would say the UFC is kind of questionable here. I do think that something's a little bit funny because when I read that USADA statement, mm -hmm. I don't see anything that's, for you. I don't see anything that's crazy. Like, I don't see why that sudden reaction, that sudden outburst, it's like, it, it was just too much. Then they do this conference and with uh, Nowitzki and 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 uh, Dana White and blah, 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 and Hunter Campbell. And they're all there. And it's like a giant press conference and they're like playing defense. But it's like, well, mm -hmm. there wasn't like a lot of shots fired. Like, I don't know. I just didn't see anything that I thought was too crazy. Like you saw it as saying like, hey, he's entered the pool. So we're letting you all know, which thanks, because like we didn't know that he wasn't in the pool or when he's in the pool. So great. And then they just go, but we don't know whether he's going to complete the six months because we're out of here on January 1st. Mm -hmm. All right. Seems okay to me. Like, I don't know. Just very strange. So 
it's very weird rain. Um, I guess we'll follow through this through and I guess we'll see. I mean, when we talk with UFC fighters, I'll call up my buddy, Bam Bam Barbarina and see if he has a new DFSI guy showing up at his house for his, <laughs> right? Like, like, yeah. Different samples. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wait, there's only one sample they collect though. I don't know. I mean, what, just like do urine? I, I think it's just urine. Yeah. Okay. I don't think, oh, maybe they do, do blood they tests. Do not collect blood or? Well, maybe. I don't think so though. Everybody always, I mean, maybe it's just the joke because they always go, oh, they come and I got to pee in a cup. Oh, like, okay. I don't know. Maybe they do do blood. I should ask someone. But but whatever. You can't mess that up either. <laughs> Unless you go to the blood donation clinics that I go to in Toronto where every time the lady pricks my arm badly. Oh, God. Like she can never, these ladies can never figure it out. I'll tell you, right? these nurses are the worst. But when I go to like, if I had to go to hospital and stuff like that, and then they take blood from me, don't even feel a thing. They just take the blood and gone and it's like perfect but every time i go to donate blood it's like stabbing me like crazy like i don't know uh rain anything else we need to talk about i know we're a little bit over but oh i just want to promote unf 13 this saturday october 21st at commerce casino here in uh i totally california that time has flown by rain that it's this saturday already oh my god i'm excited It's going to be a two-hour podcast, guys. Buckle up. Rain, <laughs> Rain, how excited are you? That's crazy. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Um, I tried on my new um, blazer that I'm going to wear for this Saturday. Okay. It, it's super sparkly. Super um, sparkly. Nice, <laughs> super nice. Sparkly. <laughs> and, yeah, it was like 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning, and I just told myself, you got to go to bed. It's, it's okay. It's, Saturday is like five days away. You're going to get there. You're going to be wearing this blazer and you're going to be announcing the fighters. It's going to be a great night. So That's amazing. And do you know, like how, like, uh, are you on the whole show? Do you know what the s- schedule is? Like, have they told um, you you're announcing? Well, I, I know I'm announcing. I don't know yet, um, like the order of like the fights, but um, for sure I will be there this Saturday. So I'm really okay, excited. Okay. All right. And so how do we watch that? We go to UNF. Yeah. So, um, Find us on Instagram at Up Next Fighting. Um, if you want, if you guys want to get tickets, go to upnextfighting.com. There's still tickets available. Yeah. And if you are there at Commerce Casino, please say hi to me. Uh, I'm the one with the glittery blazer. So yeah. <laughs> announcing the fighters. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And so who knows? Maybe by the time we talk to you next week, you'll have had a few successful fist bumps. Fist bumps, yeah. A few successful <laughs> ones, like make contact with the fist, yeah, right? Like- you know. Do you need Don't to go leave me hanging, guys? Come you know what you should do? You should do a video where you're out practicing your fist bumps. That would be a funny video if you I make know. a video like that. Like, you know, practicing the fist bump while you're oh. screaming it out. Yeah. Well, wait a second. See, I did it this way and you're doing it this way. Yeah, whatever. Like I would do it that. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Like you're right. holding See? a <laughs> Like I'm holding a mic. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Or a mic. Okay. This okay. way? Yeah, I don't actually. See? Now that I think about it, it screws like up my head. Though? well i don't okay i don't like that though you can't you can't do this like cocking your wrist like that yeah it's got to be like oh don't don't do it like that that's terrible (laughs) if you're what if you're not if you're watching if you're only listening to this on audio rain's got it like like she's holding a sock puppet no not like that (laughs) like you got to go this way and then like you know extend the elbow yeah 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 stronger you know okay yeah okay all right so unf very exciting rain new out new outfit yeah I got a new blazer. New very sparkly, sparkly blazer. Very exciting. 
Rain, that's crazy. That's going to be awesome. And then obviously go to at ringside rain on Instagram to follow you. And then you can follow like, cause you'll put up stories and, and stuff yeah. like that all the time. Oh, that's so cool. Rain, I'm very excited for you. I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, what else we got going on? I think that's it. Again, I don't know what's happening next week. Maybe you'll find someone cool at Up Next Fighting on that Saturday. And then, you know, and then say, hey, do you want to come on the podcast Monday? By then I should know whether I'm dying for a guest or not. <laughs> but uh, the because the, the one girl that I really want, I think this weekend is going to be too tough for her to do the Monday. I think she wants to do two weeks from now. Okay. So it's got to be, uh, so that's why I need someone this week to fill in. But the two UK people have been a little bit awkward with their time. Um, yeah, maybe I'll get Joe Martinez back. Hey, Joe. Well, I should message Joe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Rain, congratulations. I can't wait for your success and uh, work on the fist bump. Yeah, not this. No, not, not a soft that. that is fist bump. No. No, that is <laughs> terrible. That. Terrible, terrible form. Uh, all right, guys, we will see you next week. Rain, thank you so much. As always, this has been incredible. And uh, Shannon Knapp, dream come thank true you, to meet Shannon. someone like that. Yeah, thank you, Shannon. And we will see all of you guys next week. Thanks, Rain. Bye. See ya. Bye.